I was with a friend the other day and he was asking me about the net and what I've seen and witnessed in the net and over the last year and a half and it really comes down to one thing and for me and it's something that I'm never going to see in maybe a night but it's over the course of many nights or many months or seasons and it really is um, seeing guys that are here that God just wakes up (laughs) that just whatever your life is some of it's just survival some of it's just existing in the next paycheck or just trying to be faithful with what's in front of you whatever it is but just there have been some men that have come here in the net and and that for whatever reason this place and the men that have been here in the spirit of God speaking has just given them a revelation and an in, and a vision and has awakened something inside of them where they're not the same guy that they were and there's nothing more exciting for me than that um, when we talk about Timothy and, and Paul and, and the character around the whole story around these guys and last week we talked about the gifts and the character development of these, of these men and then their skill sets um, you know I see written in these letters what I see experienced with the guys that I get to spend time with and it's just awesome and so that's really my prayer for you guys, is to, to have men to hear more stories like Bob. Wasn't that incredible tonight? Does that, what does that do for you guys? I mean, does that stir something inside of you guys? I mean, that you're not defined by your past, <laughs> what you're ready to move forward in the future. I mean, that, that, that is, that's what God, I mean, God has a whole different view of you than you do of yourself. And it's, it's pretty awesome. And you know what? I, I need to have men around me that are speaking into me, that are reminding me of who God, who God sees me as. Because, man, if I think about the last email I had to respond to or the last meeting I had, and I don't necessarily feel like that. <laughs> you know? And so we need guys in our lives that encourages us in that way. And so... So all these teachings and all these discussions really revolve around that central idea. Is that God is bent on building you into kingdom men. Now he's got a great big old kingdom out there to build. And that you guys, men, play a critical part in this. And so tonight, I don't know what it is about this particular topic, but... Out of all the teachings that I've done, this has been one of the heaviest for me. And so I, I, I give a, a little caveat that I've never taught this before. But more than that is that I feel the weight of this material that we're going into tonight. And so I just ask for your grace and your patience with that. And partially I think it just has to do with just a, a simple principle, but it carries quite a punch to it, is that... Um, one of the best ways for character to be developed is it must be tested. Amen? And I knew this night was coming Thursday morning when I woke up after the last net, and it was like, here we go. And it's just been, it's been a week. You know, I don't get sick very often. I got sick. You know, there's just a number of business things were going on. I mean, just enough that just, you know, what kind of man are you? And who are you to be teaching this stuff? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So we're just gonna we're just gonna go through this together, and I'm just I, I am so challenged by just the weight of the Word of God in regards to Timothy. So I hope that there's something through this tonight that will be a great encouragement for you and as an equipping as well. So so for some of you new guys, uh, the net um, for this semester is really about a statement that, um, that kind of came to me in the summer 
a, a, a statement of a way that I want to grow and develop this fall. And it, it's that I want to be a man who is developing, who has, the, who has the desire, one, the courage to lead and the wisdom to work and the faith to believe. And, and that statement is, is loaded with a lot of significance. And we're going to take some of those ideas and unpack them um, you know, in the weeks to come. But that's a statement that I'm hoping that through these teachings, something will awaken inside of you of ways that you, you personally want to develop. This is not a consumer group for men to come and be entertained. Uh, this is a time for you to identify where God is developing and maturing you and that this gets, the, the, these times, the teachings, the discussions really resource that. That when you come out of here, you're different. And that the significance of that courage to lead is a big one for me. Because God's given me different spheres of influence. And the greatest challenge I have is to not have that courage. And I want to grow in that. I want to grow into that so that I can lead well and steward well the areas of influence that God's given me. So... My hope is is that some kind of a statement would form like that for you, that you're just mindful of that this is this is the pathway that you're growing. So there's this theme of a developmental pathway that that I hope that you guys um, will really embrace. So for this uh, series that we're going through, we're doing a biblical study on Timothy. I've asked some of you guys. I've asked you guys to read through Timothy. How many of you are reading through Timothy? Good to see the hands. That's great. So Timothy, when you read through scriptures, at least for me anyway, when I'm reading through something, I can just kind of re- reflect and absorb, and that's helpful. But often when, often when I read biblically, if I'm focused on something, then it, it's some, the insights come a lot more clear. So when I read through Timothy, and I'm looking for Timothy's or Paul's gifts, they just come off the page to me. And it's a big theme. When you look at the character of Paul or Timothy, it comes off the page. The same with the, what's the skills that are being developed inside. And so asking you guys to read with me uh, over these next few weeks with Timothy. So that's kind of where we're at. And that, that leads us into tonight, which is the focus on character. So I want to get into this character piece with... Um, I want to anchor our evening um, with a really big idea, and, and we'll, open our, we'll open our Bibles for this and look at First uh, Timothy. Uh, yeah. So First Timothy chapter one. Okay, so so what drives this whole developmental idea? Uh, you could, you know, there, we've taught through in the spring without a vision the people will perish. A lot of times that vision is what drives a lot of your focus and attention. Um, this idea of call out of Ephesians 1, you know, I urge you therefore to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Every man of you have a call on your life and there's a whole talk around the calling that's on your life. But when you men wake up, spiritually speaking, and you're aware of that call on your life, that is what awakens this awareness of a desire to develop and be the mature man of God, walking in the full measure of grace that God has atoned for you and ready to release inside of you. And that's a big word that I'm just calling character. So to put it very simply, I'm just calling it character is equal to the call that's on your life. If this whole idea of development just seems a little bit like, you know, boy, this is forced, Russell, or I'm a disciplined guy, but I mean, isn't there grace in this? That's the context of what we're teaching from this tonight, is that is, is suddenly God gives you a great big old vision, and you are aware of the call on your life, is that you as a man of God want to step into that call to become the man of spiritual character that can meet that call. How many leaders have stepped into positions they have no business being into, and next thing you know, the whole thing gets compromised. 
is that God gives you a vision for something, but sometimes, like Moses, it takes 40 years to step into that thing. And so you're on a developmental pathway, and this is really the context of this teaching tonight, is that God's going to wake you up with vision and call well before you're ever necessarily ready to step into that. Are you guys connecting with that big idea? So very simply put, and I don't mean to be, you know, I don't mean to present a formula. That's not my purpose in that because there's so much. But just for me, when I take ideas and I can get a hold of them, is that the degree and the intensity that you pour yourself into a developmental journey, your devotional life, just your, you know, your pursuit of God, your understanding the scriptures, the connection and fellowship with strong men of God. I mean, all this development talk, what drives that? And it's, it's, it's tied to this call that's on your life. So that's, that's the first big idea as we move into this, that you've got to be grounded on. That this isn't some sort of self-help deal, and it's not some sort of discipline, works-based Christianity. That's not what we're talking about. These are mature men of God that get it and are stepping into maturity. So, second point with this, and this is where I want to get into Timothy to take a look at this. Because this idea just really, um, biblically, speaks to exactly what... um, Bob's testimony was tonight, which was just awesome. So let's take a look at this thing. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength and has considered me faithful and pointed me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy. And I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Yet the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that is in Christ Jesus. Now here's a trustworthy saying that deserves acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Guys, if you have a truckload of baggage in your life that's keeping you from stepping into everything that God has called you to be, There is grace equal to the sin in your life. Amen? So this development of you as men of God and and, and whatever is holding you back in your past, so to speak, is that God has grace that he wants to just abundantly pour in the same way. There, There is a truckload of stuff in Paul's life that would have kept him from becoming God's greatest apostle but yet god had grace to give to this man so there are lots of reasons why we don't develop and grow and mature but this the issue of the sin in our life and the issue of forgiveness is pretty much the biggest (laughs) and to this point that bob you know shared with you that you know god gave us so much love and grace But yet, what a tragedy when we can't even offer the same grace to ourselves. When we can't even forgive ourselves because of our past. God's set the whole thing free and set it right, but yet somehow we can't forgive ourselves. And and that, that, you know, this, this little paragraph from Paul is just awesome. So whatever your past is, God has grace for that. And he wants you to step into the fullness of the man of God that you are called to be because he's appointed you for an incredible task. Men, I, I just... God is waiting to reveal to you the kingdom of God. He's waiting to reveal himself and his will and his way for men that are ready. And it takes mature men to just listen and be ready for that. So that is the framework. That's the foundation for where this development comes from. I was praying through this thing, feeling the weight of it all week long. And literally, I did not get this. I had some of the ideas around it, but I did not get this 
borderline, you could argue, gimmicky acronym. I've never taught with acronyms. That's not my way, okay? I'm a big heart guy, right? You know, just pour it out. But I'm teaching from acronyms because it helps keep me grounded and maybe you guys too. So as we move into this DEVELOP, this is the DEVELOP acronym that you've got on your sheet here tonight. So, so when you see the word DEVELOP, I know there's a few construction guys in here, right? But when you see that word, talk to me. What, what comes to your mind when you see the word DEVELOP? Plan, okay? Change? Okay, what else? Growth, yep. Disciple, good. Build, great. Mature. New foundation, excellent. New beginning, great. For all those reasons, I like that word. Anybody else? Develop. So let's get into this thing. Again, the, the purpose of this few weeks is a, re, a biblical reflection on Timothy. So my hope is as we get into this, we're not going to hit all of the pieces to this. And this is not an exhaustive study. This is very formative to me. Some of this stuff was just coming as soon as this afternoon or this morning when I went on a run. It just, I mean, uh, this will continue to get tweaked and and, and form, but just at least it gives you kind of a framework to start moving in this developmental mindset. So for the first part, D. Guys, you've got to define it. You've got to define what that development is uh, for you. And let me illustrate by, uh, some of you may remember just that story that I shared when, you know, the guy, when I was 16, I said, hey, would you disciple me? And he said, hey, yeah, well, if you do the homework, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll move forward. And so that started at 5.30 in the morning as a 16-year-old, and I had to drive 30 minutes across town. And so that was fun. Um, so I did the homework, and I read through Timothy. And then when we met, the next set of homework was, Russell, I want you to, out of 1 Timothy 3... I want you to look at the list of overseer and deacon. Anybody got your Bibles? Take a look at this thing with me. And he says, I want you, this is me, I'm 16 years old. This is a real story. He said, I want you to, um, I want you to make a list of all the attributes listed here in chapter 3. And then I want you to rate yourself, scale of 1 to 10. How do you measure up as a 16-year-old young buck? Well, I didn't fare real well, but, you know, that, that exercise really stuck with me. And so we'll just read some of this. Here's a trustworthy st- saying that anyone who sets his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. Now, an overseer must be, a, be above reproach. Try that one on for size. Husband of one wife, okay. Temperate, mm, maybe. Self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not quarrelsome, not loving of money. Wow, the list goes on. Okay, so this, so you look at this thing, and if you try to take that, you know, elephant on all at one time, it, it you know, I'm not going to be like Jesus tomorrow. So, you know, God's promised justification. I'm clean and right. He's promised to sanctify me, but that's a process that's going to happen until I meet Jesus, you know, face to face. And so I'm growing in this thing. So for you, what is that? What is that area? A few weeks ago, I kind of let out some little quib about, you know, me being a little bit disorganized, come into my office you know, take a look at all the junk all over the place. Well, that little quib, the reality is, is me being not so organized, you go look at my garage, you look at my office, the fact is that creates a lot of stress in my life. When it, when it comes time to actually get something or pull it together or whatever, the fact that I'm not organized is creating a worry in my life. Well, when I shared that three weeks ago, I was so convicted by that. Well, get up off your duff and go do something with that. And so over the last three weeks, I've literally totally reorganized my garage. I have reorganized my office and I've gotten papers and files out, some stuff I haven't seen for 10 years. And I mean, it's awesome. But that's not my bent. 
And so I define that area that I need to spend some time because the, the, the competency, if you will, the skill set is I'm not so organized. The character problem is, is it, the fact is it's creating a worry and an anxiety in my life. And so, you know, I got two birds with one stone and now I got a clean office and clean garage and so my wife's happy, right? So, I mean, that's an example of define that sucker. You know, get, get some specifics on the area that you want to focus on. You know, and, and there's a time frame. That the, the bigger the issue, the longer it's going to take on. You know, you're going to have, you know, the most intimate, romantic marriage in your life. Well, if you've been married 25 years, <clears throat> get started. You know, I mean, it's not necessarily an overnight deal. You know, so you have to define what the issue is, particularly with the character issue, <clears throat> what you're going to grow in. So in Timothy, this is the reference that I really wanted to ground you guys on, is that, but you, Timothy, man of God, flee from all this stuff, all this distraction, all this nonsense and everything, and where are you going to go with it? You're, you're going to pursue righteousness, you're going to pursue godliness, you're going to pursue faith, you're going to pursue endurance and gentleness. And right after that, I love that. It gives kind of this soft character language, even though it packs a punch. And then why do you need that? So that you can fight the good fight and take hold of the eternal life, which you were called and you made your good confession in front of the presence of many, many witnesses. That is a loaded statement, guys. It is a loaded statement because what are you going to flee from what are you going to pursue and why are you doing it? Because there is a fight and there's a battle and everybody in this room knows it. And so, and then also what you see in this is it is a confession. And in that confession, there's a declaration that you are going to pursue these things and it's, and it's going to be done in the context of these witnesses, the guys at your table, so that it's not some isolated thing. There's nothing wrong with going through this process, you know, in your rocking chair or wherever you have your devotional time. But this right here, guys, get this in your thinking. When you define the issue, you're observing, I'm in this direction, but now I've got to go this direction and I've got to confess some things and I need to declare it with some witnesses who are going to help me walk through it. Very specific language that we see with Timothy and honestly very liberating. I confessed my issue with being disorganized haphazardly as a joke and I realized this is a problem. And now I can stand here and celebrate it because i got a clean garage and that feels great. So I mean this stuff gets real practical but you've got to focus and, de- and define the area that you want to grow in. So that's the D. So you can mark that in your little blank there. So, so then let's face facts. You know, let's evaluate where you are really. I mean, you can get motivated because some guy got you excited one night about doing something. But you've got to face facts and evaluate with what are the other factors in your life. And what, what are the things that, can, that keep you from being that. So even Timothy here, I love this language in the scriptures. Man, even Timothy, you have got to be diligent in this thing, man. And you've got to give yourself wholly to it. So that as you do, everyone can see your progress. And when you have that, there's this encouragement that comes from that. So in the midst of that, you got to watch your life and doctrine really closely because you are a man of influence and people are watching you. And so here, here we've got to evaluate closely where we're at. And then my, this charge, you've got to persevere in this thing. This is hard language, but it's this steadiness that we kind of move into this thing. But this is what, this is what it is for us to be 
just mature men of God. And, and if you guys can keep paying attention to these verses, this is not done in isolation. This is an exchange between an older Paul with a younger Timothy with lots of history in that relationship. Timothy is not on his own in this process, right? He's got people in his life that are going to help him mature into this thing. So that's, um, so that's evaluate. The V was a little bit tricky for me, and I'm still thinking through this one a little bit. But when I first, when I was sitting there laying there at 11.35 last night, thinking about the V, what do you make up a V for, you know? And I'm looking at that thing, and the truth is, reality is, my immediate one, when I was sitting there laying you know, in bed last night thinking about this, I was just asking the Lord about this material. And immediately it was just, God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but power, love, and discipline. That language is so tender and intimate from a spiritual father to a son. The fact is, Timothy had some tender points. He was not a man that had it all together. He was a guy that struggled with fears and insecurities and his timidity, and and Paul was calling something out of him. But yet, in that, that he was vulnerable. And so it's recognizing the vulnerabilities, but yet, you know, it kind of works only so good in this. And so this, this acronym... I really wanted to ground this thing biblically. And so that's why I ended up landing on the V for here. Because train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value. But godliness is valuable for all things. And so this question here, however you want to weave vulnerabilities or that kind of thing. And some of that comes into the evaluate piece of this. But just, guys, just this is in this evaluation process, the very next question that you've got to ask yourself is what area of your life needs developing most and what value will it bring? And, and is the things, that you're, the things that really have most of your attention right now, really, if, you're, if, if you've got an Xbox thing going on, or you, I mean, you may have just some okay things in your life that's got your attention, how much time you're on the computer. It doesn't have to be death and destruction and sin and carnage stuff. It's just a bunch of busy stuff that's keeping you away from what really matters. There's nothing wrong with working out. There's nothing wrong with physical things that benefit you. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is his point. But yet, is that really the best and here he's, his point is simply is that don't neglect the spiritual development because that brings value for all things. What are the things as you define it and evaluate it and you look at what are the things that really brings value to all things in your life? And so that being love or endurance or faithfulness or whatever, as you pursue these things, just look at it holistically, guys. What brings the most value? Is this good? Is this helpful? Okay. So next, next uh, E. So as we move forward, um, I'm just going to illustrate this. Uh, one of the guys that's really been just an incredible influence in my life, he's a guy, you know, mid-early 60s, and... Uh, He's taught here in the net a couple times, but Dave Jewett runs a ministry out of Tulsa called One Degree. And so he was in town and scheduling um, his trip. I said, hey, I don't know what, how much time you have, but I want at least three hours with you. So I don't know if you can block it off and we can meet at 4 a.m. I don't care, but I want at least three hours because I know how it works with this guy. You mean just you're catching up the first hour, you're just starting to get traction second hour, and third hour you're just you're really on to some stuff. And so when we met last week for you know our time when he was in town, this was something that just was really, really helpful is that as you step into some of these things, he uses the word experiment. That sometimes you just have to take that you know, just small steps. You know, if you're sensing something from the Lord to step into something, then you experiment with that. 
You don't have to go bet the whole farm. You experiment with that thing and see how it resonates with you. And, and you look for these things that if you're going to develop in this certain area, then experiment. Step out on faith with this thing and create an experience. So in this situation, or in the scriptures here, I really like this language. It's not conclusive to what Paul is saying, but just that very first word, if, Timothy, if, there's something conditional going on here, and, if, and we'll talk about this a little bit um, in the next week regarding some of the teaching, but the whole context of the first letter of Timothy, there is a nightmare going on in the church regarding teaching. There, there is problems everywhere that is bringing down the whole church. And Timothy's primary charge is to muster up the courage to go in there and end some of that factious teaching and, and bring some order to that household. And it's not easy. So here he is almost appealing to him. If you'll do this, if you'll point out these things to the brothers, if you command and teach these things, you know, and then he continues, Don, this is the very next couple of verses. And while you're doing this, guys, don't let anyone look down on you, you know, but set the example with life, love and purity. And until then, devote yourself. And I just bring out some of those scriptures that there's this language that Paul's like trying to appeal to him in a way that just, you know, I know this is going to be hard. I know it's not going to be easy, but you got to kind of step out. Out there a little bit in this experience of bringing health and order to the church. And so you see this thing that's really some tender language that, you know, it, it's not go do this and conquer the world and whatever, but he really, um, I, I love this language in here. So for you, as you're stepping into defining what this area of development is, look for Look for opportunities to create an experience or experiment with some men. We're all men of God and God's given us hands and we want to put our hands to something. And that's, that's how we're built. That's how we're wired. And, and as you get into this thing, that you put your hands to this thing and go and go get a win, if you will, out of it. I got a win out of my garage, right? You know, I mean, that's my win, right? It's a simple example, but, you know, I had to put some work to it and it was experience, you know. So there was so much trash. I filled up the crack of the truck. I mean, it was just like over. And I'm like, I'm going to have to go to the dump with this. And I literally backed the truck up on Friday. And I was waiting for the garbage man. And he comes out. And I ran out there. And I'm like, can I help you with this? And I'm unloading my truck. You know, there's all this junk. And I'm like, goodbye. You know, and thankfully he took all his garbage. You know, Talk, cost me a hundred bucks in trash. But he took it. So, you know, it's just a silly example. But it's uh, pretty stinky. So, so all right, experiment. So here we go. This one, this one will resonate with some guys better than others. You know, I mean, l- let me just say that when you see this word, some guys uh, struggle in this area. You know, you're ta- you're looking at a man that did not know how to. Re- you know, I read Louis L'Amour books in high school, but I didn't read anything else. I basically BS my way through high school and pretty much most of college, you know, and, and it's just, that's what it is. I didn't have the mental ability because of the background I grew up. It was hard for me to learn. And so you, just to say that, when I use that word for some of you guys, understand the way you learn most. Some of you guys really are just fine with reading a book. Some of you guys are listening to an audio deal. Some of you guys are good with, you know, watching a TV or something like that. But some of you guys need the exchange of conversation. You learn best with that. Whatever that is, what is the best way that you learn? And and so with this learn idea, it's really a, a big idea of how do you resource this thing? How, where you're wanting to grow, you've got to resource this thing. And, and whatever those resources are that are going to help you learn the most. 
And so, you know, so my time at Cracker Barrel with three hours with Dave, I'm taking notes. He's recommending some books. How about this conference? You need to talk to this guy. And so I talked, this guy's a, you know, a guy in Tulsa and he's doing brilliant. He's doing some things in your area. You need to talk to him. I talked to the guy in Tulsa. Holy smoke, sparks flew. It was an awesome call with this guy in Tulsa. But it, but so Dave was resourcing me in that way. And so, and this is, this for me is one of the funnest aspects of development is what do you, what can you do to resource this growth inside of you? And I mean, sky's the limits guys. And it's foundational. Let me just say it starts right here. Amen. It starts right here in the word of God. So here's the scriptures. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of Because you know that from it, you know, from whom you've learned it from. So in this case, he's talking about Paul. He's talking about some of the other guys that, you know, that are mentioned in here. The elders that laid hands on him. I mean, he's got got grandmothers and mothers that are spiritual, you know, and uh, uh, faith people that have deposited into him. And so who knows what all of those people he've learned it from. But Timothy's got people in his life, which is awesome. So, you know, and then the continues, which is just worthy to note here. Let me just read it again out of First Timothy uh, 3. Sorry, 2 Timothy 3, um, verse 16. Verse 15. How from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Guys, this is the working man's manual. That's right here. And, and I hope that through these sessions and this kind of format tonight, you can see how sticky the word of God is to right where you're at. And so... You know, you want to be equipped, this is the starting point. So you want to learn here. So that's our L. Um, we'll keep moving forward here. Uh, o, o is like endless, right? You can pick so many O's. Um, but this is one that as I sat and thought about you men, as I thought about um, where the reality of where some of you guys are coming from, um, is that just it, it is the face facts of the opposition, there's spiritual opposition. There's the, the opposition of just the people in your life. There's the opposition of, we'll call it your past, which Bob alluded to tonight. There are, you know, there's the opposition of your own stinking thinking. You, know, you just got some bad ideas that need to be you know, re- reworked. And, and boy, if you could really get a handle on what is the op- opposition that's in your life that's keeping you from growing and developing. This is probably the biggest stumbling block that creates excuses or reasons or I'm not worthy or I could never grow. Whatever it is, but you've got to take the offensive in this deal. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ Jesus. And, and you've got, I mean, you've got to get a handle on this. So, so Timothy was no different. So in, in this case, there's two examples here. And so also, and this is Paul talking about some of his experiences and he is warning him. So also these men oppose the truth. He's talking about Alexander, the metal worker, which you can, he didn't go into details, but boy, you can only imagine. So also these men oppose the truth, men of depraved minds. How many of you got any guys in your life that have depraved minds? You know how life-giving that is? Oh my gosh, that's just, it's a drag. And you've got to be really aware of that. Who are the guys in your life that have depraved minds? You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposes our message. There is just people in your life. Some of it is flat out obvious and then some of it is really, really subtle of those who oppose you. And man, you got to be mindful of that. You got to be aware of that. And if I could be so candid, some of it's closer to you than you even realize. Some of it's close old friends, 
and you're loyal to them. Some of it's, you know, family or extended family members. And you just got to get clear about where that is. And so when you're in those especially close proximity situations, is it a complete, I need boundaries or I need to just completely get out of this? I mean, there's certainly lots of room for conversation about that. And you really need to get some good counsel around you whenever you're making those bold moves like that. But let's see what Paul says to Timothy. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. What incredible language that we see there to gently instruct. Man, there's such finesse and wisdom and grace in that thing to gently instruct. The people that oppose you, how many of you respond with equal gentleness? Right. Exactly. And so, man, this is a major turn to the other cheek of being aware of what's going on. And instead of coming in with equal opposition, that you're coming in with this attitude of Christ flowing well with the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and so on. You know, that you can gently, that the character of who you are is so evident that they're so endeared with your gentleness that it opens favor and a door for you to instruct them in the truth. For you to manipulate and control them? No. So that you can instruct them with the truth so that God can take that seed of the word of God and we pray that would open up and lead them towards repentance and the knowledge of truth. Man, what powerful language of a model that is just, if I can come back to this, the one, one big idea this book is, is it's countercultural. It's countercultural. It's counterintuitive because when a guy oppose you, <clears throat> Okay, let's go to work. You know, I mean, you want to go to work on him, right? And then here we are, you know, and and it's just, I mean, it's amazing. But equally, just like I was talking with some guys today out of, you know, Jesus in Luke 16 about the shrewd manager. That here Jesus affirms shrewd thinking. But yet in the shrewdness of it, it still opens up all sorts of dimensions that it doesn't mean that we're, you know, mats to be walked all over, guys. That's not what this is. It is the strength of character and the meekness of a strong but gentle man that still can represent Christ in situations that are very uh, opposing. So opposition. If you don't see it coming, it's probably going to take you out. And this is one of those where Maybe you need some guys in your life that it can help you just be aware of your blind spots. So that leads us to the P. So the P is who are the people? And man, this is the punchline of the development. That if you're going to go solo on the development process and you miss out on the people side of this thing, it's probably going to be short-lived. Where you've got to really identify the circles of people in your life who are really going to help you walk this thing out. Um, And so, you know, so in this case, who is the Paul in your life? Uh, We've just seen through the, the letter, I mean, Paul's letter to Timothy. If anything, what we've just talked about in the last few minutes is there's a model here that we can learn from. And who is modeling well for you a life of good character? I mean, really, who is the guy in your life or guys in your life that you look to that model really good character? And you got to identify those guys. And then this question here may seem a little bit odd, but these relationships that are high, high level trust is that it's so often easy for those things to get compromised. 
compromise because of expectations, compromise because of circumstances. I mean, when you're dealing with, I'll use the word with men, intimate levels of trust and, and, and the, the expectations, it's a continual permission into the relationship. And so you have to ask for that permission. You have to invite that. It's not through osmosis that that just happens because you're, you're basically like a surgeon saying, hey, I just, you know, I don't know how far I can open up, but I know I've got some things in here that I, I just, I need some light on. And, and I'm, you know, I trust you and I trust the Holy Spirit inside of you to speak truth over what's creating this infection in my life. And that doesn't really get there without permission. So who have you, who are the models? Who are, who are the guys that you've given permission to, which basically means who are the guys that you trust and that your life? And then when you're getting into this thing, you know, specifically uh, who's speaking into just your development? Um, who's getting, who, who knows you well enough to understand your gifts and spiritual gifts. So when you meet with them, man, they're just constantly fanning that thing into flame, the gifts of God that's inside of you. And, and then also the guys that just really kind of know your fears. I mean, with those things that keep you kind of at ground zero that won't let you move, who can speak into that where, you know, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, Russell, but of power and love and discipline. And man, you know, th- th- this... Um, one for guys, uh, you know, there are a couple guys in the room because I know, and I've worked with men at this point in these talks, you kind of start losing guys because the fact is some guys have never, ever, ever had this kind of relationship. And well, I didn't have it with my dad and I didn't have it, you know, I, and I've only been a Christian for three years and wow, that just sounds like walking with Jesus. I don't even know where to begin. And so you know, wherever you're at, start today. Start today. Start at this table to begin the conversation because the fact is trust takes time to build. This is not something you manufacture. It comes with time. And, and, and in that time, it builds. The reason I could spend three hours with Dave and be so deep and so, you know, into it at such a heavy level is because I've probably logged about 200 hours with this guy over the last four years. I mean, the guy knows my business, you know, and, and he has all of these things. But it didn't start that way, right? And so who are the guys you need to start with moving into this. So let me just encourage you, so don't check out on me if you don't have that. It starts and it's possible, and this is a framework to get you going. So the the first verse that we looked at, I love the consistency of this, and I'm just going to, I'm going to read it. We've already hit it. The first one, when we define it, but you, man of God, flee from all this, pursue righteousness, Godliness, faith, love, and endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight and take hold. Here we see a few verses later, all of a sudden he's got this sharp issue related to his opposition. Flee from youthful lust. How many of you know this verse? Yes? A lot of nods, right? Flee from youthful lust. And do what? You know, I'm in a church, but this is my vernacular when I was a kid. Haul ass the other way, right? You know, <laughs> you know, and, and but it's it's to pursue. Isn't that interesting? He uses that same word. It is boom. It is move in that direction away from the way you're going. I mean, it's the whole idea of repentance and turn. But what I love about that is it he's not pulling you out of some vacuum so you're sitting here in kind of the void he's giving you a direction to go and where are you going pursue righteousness and and faith and love and peace and man this this right here has has held me for 20 years is along with those who call on the lord out of a pure heart is that he gives you a direction to move in terms of your character and development. But his last thing is in there is to pursue those people who can surround you. 
And, and that, is, that is the charge for us tonight, really. If we don't do anything tonight, I mean, to define the issue, but in defining it, you, the very next thing is you've got to have some people that can walk with you on this thing. So, now, this is a complete side note, but I don't, I don't really, I, I'm just going to uh, just take 30 seconds here. I don't deal typically with the porn thing. And some of you guys have been around me know that I don't take that on. And, and, and one of the reasons is, is that um, God set me apart. When I was seven years old, my grandmother read Proverbs 7 over to me every day. And scared the living hell out of me made me carry a Bible around my back pocket if any little sweet girl wanted to kiss me. And and it just completely cauterized my soul. Now that is combined with the fact that I grew up in a violent home and I saw a lot of sexual abuse. And I had the Word of God and I saw sexual abuse. And I knew it for what it was as a young man. But at the same time, as, as, as a teenager, when things settled down for me, and I was following the Lord, that this thing right here, of flee the evil desires of youth, one of the things, because my dad had a lot of porn around, and I would see those things, and as you guys know, those images get locked in your brain. God literally did something as I was fleeing from those images and pursuing and calling guys and whatever, God did something for me that literally completely transformed and neutralized the power in the thing. Is when those images of those people came to mind, God, even at 16 years old, created this little irony for me. Is that some of those images, those ladies are pretty old now. Maybe grandmothers probably not too attractive. God literally, every time those images came to mind, God called me to pray for those women. And that literally has been the power for me that has neutralized the power of sin and lust, is to pray for those victims, those women, that are being used as as weapons of the enemy. Now, I don't talk about this a lot, but that's just part of my story. And so for some of you guys in this area of opposition, that this thing, I mean, there's a whole lot of conversation around this subject. For, but for me, is that this right here, it is a, 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 a fleeing and it is a pursuing. But I would also add in there, it is a praying process. And when you pray, it engages the power of God like nobody's business. So if you are locked up in this thing, then you, you know, pray. It's not a discipline thing or whatever. It's just, you know, and then, and, and some of you guys can attest to, you're not going to get out of this thing alone. You have to get some guys around you. You got to bring light to it. The good confession, you got to bring some guys around you. Because I don't want to see guys locked up in that. There's too many, there's too much carnage with that. So I just wanted to just take a pause on that one because it's very specific language here in Timothy. So, so the last point, and then uh, we'll wrap up for the evening. So when you look at the development in this whole process, that this really leads us to uh, this one big idea of discipleship. Now, I mean, I live and breathe this stuff. And this has really been, this is, this is the reason I am the way I am today. And it's, the basis of this thing is really out of this one verse, and many of you guys know it. The things you've heard from me, this is, now think about it now. Read it again for the first time. This is Paul writing to Timothy, his very last letter from a prison cell. And he's a couple sentences away from never having an exchange with him again. 
and Paul, Timothy, these things you've heard from me. And tonight we've talked about a lot of these things. This is his charge. In the presence of many witnesses, and Timothy's been around a lot of these people, entrust a reliable men who will be qualified to teach others. Jesus stands on the mountain with his guys and his very parting words, and he says, go and make disciples. I've given you all authority. And he commissions these guys to go out. And in that commission, he calls us to go and make disciples. But in that, what is the definition of making disciples? Paul gives us this definition, and it's all wrapped around relationships. It's a question that's been asked for years, but maybe for some of you guys who haven't heard the question or the answer, think, you know, just think on it, look at it. How many generations, spiritual generations, are represented in that one verse? Count them out. Starting with Paul, how many generations are represented there? Count them out. First one is who? Paul. And he's speaking to Timothy. So we're at two generations. What's the next generation? Reliable men. And what's the next generation? Others. The definition of discipleship, gentlemen, is so relationally loaded that for the men of God sitting here, maybe just waiting to be woken up of the call of God that's on their life, is that God's commissioned you men as leaders, as disciple makers, filled with the anointing and appointing of, of Christ, to go and build in the men to the fourth generation. When God looks at you, He has in mind His great-grandchildren spiritually. Paul's looking at his work investing into if his job of building disciples has to, if for it to be effective has to go to the fourth generation. This, this has gripped me my whole spiritual life. That it's not about just meeting with a guy or going through a 12-week deal or whatever you know, I mean, this whole thing, there's no better example of this than in the context of what we know as, as family. This is so relationally connected that it is family. And guys, I, I want to just speak into this developmental process that's specific and unique to you men all the way down to your fingerprint. That God has some very unique work for you. And, and we'll talk about that in the weeks to come. But it is, it is loaded with the relationships of people that are in your life. And so this developmental pathway to grow and build you into the character of who God has called you and made me, it's this process, but it's, it's a relational thing so that you can have an impact to the fourth generation. You guys hearing me on this? <laughs> so here's a, here's a question for you. So as we started out this evening, is that God develops men in character consistent with the call on your life. So what's the call on your life? And how are you stepping into that? How does your character reflect that? Would you be so bold tonight to declare something that you want to develop in? It's just so clear to you as you look at the scriptures and consider where you're at. It could be something as simple as cleaning the garage in your office because it's creating worry and anxiety in your life. Or it may be something a little bit more um, specific to you. But would you share that with your guys? And then ask for some help. Because getting moving is half the battle. How do you get off the first dime once you define it? How do you get into this? And ask for some help, some ideas, some resources, some encouragement. And then 
guys, I don't want you to leave here tonight without praying for one another. Let the Spirit of God take this sacred moment and just seal it because He wants to do something spiritually inside of you. So, um, so guys, it's, uh, this isn't consumer Christianity. <laughs> it's developmental and, you know, because you guys are disciples and, uh, and that's why you're here. You want to learn and you want to grow and you're going to go out and take this. And so it's, uh, it's an honor just to walk with you men in this. So thank you guys for listening tonight. And this was a heavy one for me. So praise God, we got through it together. So let me pray. Father, thank you tonight for these men. I thank you for the weight of the Word of God. That really just uh, the weight of this thing may be just as simple because it um, it's just so much in the DNA of who I am. And um, there's even pieces of this thing that just represents just groanings in my soul. That just the fact that we could get this thing out and uh, let the Word of God speak, it just gives an expression to just what's been in me for so long. And, uh, Lord, I just, I pray, like me, uh, these men would just continue to grow and develop in the areas that you've called them uh, to become as mature men of God. God, I thank you for uh, just the promise of grace and forgiveness, that there is enough grace and forgiveness to cover over any sin that these guys have in their past. And I thank you, Lord, for the call that you have great plans in store for each of these men. And it's just awesome to celebrate um, with them just uh, what's, what's on the road in the days ahead. So I just pray for them tonight, and I pray, Lord, that your spirit would just be safe to move among us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.